heartbeat of any firehouse across the city of New York is the kitchen table. It's where we break bread, break balls, and break everything in between. They say all the world's problems can be solved at a firehouse kitchen table. I don't know how true that is, but what I do know, it's what I miss the most. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the kitchen table. I'm Kenny D, aka K Diz, aka K Dizzle. Little man, angry elf, shorty rock, short shit, aka hey asshole. <laughs> all those things all wrapped up in one. Hope everybody's having a fucking great day. Man, let's all start off like I always do. If you're down and out, if you're fucking having a bad day, if you're feeling like shit, if you think that there's no tomorrow, if you're in your deep, dark fucking hole, man, of depression and despair, and you got no self-worth, no self-confidence, motherfucker, I've been there. I've been there, man. I have been there. But there's a way out. You gotta fucking do me a favor and wake up tomorrow. Give it one more day. Wake up tomorrow. And then start making a change. Reach out. Make a fucking phone call. I'm seeing these signs all over the place. 988, call 988. Reach out to a friend or a family member. I have been there. I've had to deal with it. I've been down and out. I've, every day for so long, I went to bed and prayed to God not to let me wake up in the morning. And I did. He's given me a gift. He's giving me something to keep moving forward, to bring to you guys, to help you guys out. Maybe all the fucking shit that I've been through in my life the tough shit, the, the suicide thoughts, the, all that fucking bad shit that I've been through has brought me here to help you help somebody. Let's hope that I can do it. Always talked about kitchen table was my therapy. I miss the brothers. I'm bringing this to you. I'm talking to you because it helps me. I feel like I'm at the kitchen table by just talking, spewing what I got to spew. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. Maybe it helps you. Hopefully it does. Also, another thing that helps me all the time, that keeps me in check, my daily habits, my daily routines, my positive daily fucking program, working out, getting up early, cold shower, eating right, eating right getting on a good fucking, on good habits. It's a simple, simple concept, but it's hard to execute. You have to want to execute it, but I guarantee you, if you wake up tomorrow and you start a program, if you get up a little earlier and start managing your time better and you start doing healthy things and stripping away bad habits, you will start feeling better. In a week, in a two weeks, every day will be a little bit better, but you have to fucking stick with it. Stick with your goals. Make a promise to yourself and keep your fucking word. Keep your word to yourself. Hold yourself accountable. Have integrity. Stick to your goals. Establish goals. Little steps at, at first. Establish those goals and meet those goals. And when you meet those goals, you fucking build bigger goals. And I guarantee you, your mind will start clearing. You will start feeling better about yourself. You'll be able to manage 
the time when the fucking demons come in and they try and sense weakness and you're at a moment of weakness when you're off your program and you're off your goals and you're not eating right, maybe you had a little too much to drink or you overslept, that's when it starts creeping in. Two, three days off your program, the demons start coming in and they're going to fucking try and take over you. But you're going to be too strong and too powerful and you're going to fight them off. It's so much easier to fight off the darkness when you have a good program, when you're disciplined, when you've built character, when you have a program. Seriously, I'm not trying to fucking sell you a workout program. I'm not trying to sell you a nutrition program. I'm not that guy. I'm not a, a fitness influencer. I'm not a nutritionist. But that stuff works for me every day. Every day it works for me. Every day it has to work for me. If it doesn't work for me, if I don't do what I say I'm going to do, if I don't do what I've made a promise to myself to do, I start slipping and I start feeling it. I start feeling down. I start feeling lack of self-confidence. I start feeling like shit. And trust me, if you're somebody who hasn't done anything like that, working out, eating right, or you're drinking too much or doing drugs or whatever the fuck you're doing, it's going to be hard at first. If it was easy... Everyone would be happy fucking go lucky and in super great shape and eating the healthiest foods. That's not real. That's not reality. That's not realistic. You, but everybody can do it. Everyone has the fucking power, the heart and the mind to do it. I don't know. I'm on my little soapbox today. I've been thinking about this, trying to get it off my chest. Another thing that really gets me through is it's going to sound a little cheesy. You're going to sound a little corny, positive self-talk. It's crazy, right? Just talking positive about yourself saying, I can, I can do this. I can fucking make it there. I can keep my word. I can get up when I say I'm going to get up as much as it sucks. Let me tell you something. When that alarm clock goes off, I absolutely do not want to fucking get out of bed. It's dark. It's cold. It's nice and warm in bed. My wife's there. The dog is there. I have to talk myself into getting out of bed every fucking morning. Well, who, what right person in their right mind wants to get up early, super early, for to what to do what to to just have quiet time? It's part of like a meditation process. I don't know. I don't meditate. I don't go um, not like that. But getting up earlier. I can clear my mind before anybody else gets up when the quiet time I can read something positive that, that helps me out. I can try and stay off the phone for a little while and now I'm self-talking into, okay, now I got to get up. Now I got to do my task. I got to make the bed, flip the laundry, get my son up for school. Then I got to go to the gym and at the gym, I'm talking to myself, fucking burpees, burpees, Mike Tyson, push-ups, push-ups, pull-ups. Working out, just focusing on that, talking to myself. It's good. And as I'm doing this, as crazy as it sounds, I can feel stress and anger and despair just lifting off of my body. Positive self-talk. If you, if you have positive self-talk, you will start building discipline. You will start building character. You will start building confidence. In a week, in two weeks, in three weeks, the shit that you felt that down and out will start lifting and you will start focusing more and you'll be a better fucking person and you'll be a better parent and you'll be a better husband or wife. 
It's so simple. It really is so simple. I'm not saying, I'm not saying fucking, you say, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like me. I'm not saying that. That's, you know, but it's, it's just, it's talking yourself into a positive attitude. It's almost like, it's almost like you're tricking your brain into, into saying, I'm not fucking depressed. I'm not down and out. I have self-confidence. I can do whatever the fuck I want, not give a shit what anybody says. It's like tricking your brain. It's like a, it's like a saying, saying one thing and your brain thinks the other thing. And it's like, oh, I guess not. I guess he's not fucking depressed. So let's go, let's go have a fucking break over here while he's, or she is, is, is doing great. And they're feeling great about themselves. Positive self-talk. I'm also not saying that the positive self-talk is a, a be all end all. It's not. There's so many other resources out there. So many other things that you can do. This is just one of them. It will start being present for your family, present for work. You know, when I was fucking down and out, I had my two kids, had my wife. I was there physically, but a lot of times I wasn't there mentally. I wasn't present for them. I wasn't able to really engage and take it all in because I was so fucking down and in a dark place. And it sucked, man. Seriously. I talked to two of the guys in the firehouse the other day about this whole thing and I got the stamp of approval and one of the guys, you know, he, he hit me up and, and, you know, gave me a really, really fucking great message and I appreciate it so much and the words that he gave to me were unbelievable. And it, it goes to show you that, to me, that made me feel like I'm doing the right thing, even if I'm helping fucking one person. So, again, simple concept of positive self-talk. Not the be all end all. And I'm not saying you're, gonna, you're not gonna have shitty days or you're not gonna have shitty things happen to you when this is going on. It, it, this is life. You're going to have shitty things happen to you. You will be, but you will be better prepared to deal with those shitty things when you are in a positive mindset and on a routine and have discipline and character and fucking self-confidence. You will be able to handle those. I'm not saying it's going to go away totally. It never goes away. It's always there. It's always creeping there. My brain goes a mile a minute sometimes. Like a war going inside my fucking head. It's always there. But doing all these things, keeping on top of it, keeping your disciplines, stripping away bad shit, you will be better prepared to handle it when it creeps in. Okay? Simple. Now execute. All right, that's all I got to say about, about the mental health stuff. Now I want to get into a, a good fire story because fuck, I'm a retired fireman and I want to tell some fire stories. I'm going to tell some cop stories, maybe some military stories. I don't really have any fun military stories. You know, it, I was I was in during peacetime from 91 to 95. Ain't fucking nothing happening then, especially where I was in Norfolk, Virginia. Anyway, really good fire story, fun, good fire. It was in a brownstone right across the street from the firehouse. Across the street from the firehouse on 133rd Street, there was a row of brownstones. And when I got there, half of them were still burned out. One, two maybe were renovated. One was in the process of being renovated and the other three was still, you could still see through the roof of from, from the street looking up at them. So... 
it's I believe it was late spring or early summer because it was about seven seven thirty in the morning. It was light out. It was very. It was bright out. So it was it was late spring or early summer. I don't remember exactly. And change of toys, 9 a.m., or, you know, day toys are coming in, the night toys are getting up, and all the guys are there, crowded house, full kitchen table. I'm still in my, you know, I'm still in the time where I'm trying to make my bones and make up for the fuck up that I, that I had and, and trying to earn these guys' respect because it turns out 59 Engine is the fucking best place in the world to be. 30 truck, 59 Engine, Harlem Zoo. It, the toughest house on the job. Uh, other guys, I'm sure, will fucking argue with that. But I am proud of that place. I'm happy I was there. I learned a lot. I had a great fucking time. That's where I wanted to be. But I'm still in my time, earning my bones, keeping my mouth shut, because I had fucked up, and I got to earn these guys' trust and respect. I think I earned a little respect that day because, like I said, fire comes in in the brownstone across the street. Well, what happened was, we're all, you know, I'm, I'm on the apparatus floor. I'm fucking around with the rig, you know, hanging around or whatever. Guys are in the kitchen. They're drinking coffee, having breakfast. And one of the senior guys comes running down the stairs. And now when you ran down our second floor stairs to the first floor, our firehouse was two stories. When you ran down the second, from the second floor to the first floor, there's a landing. And in that landing, there's these big, huge windows that looks out over the parking lot and over 133rd Street. You know, and you could see the brownstones across the street you could see you could see Lenox Avenue you there's a church across the street big windows so whenever you come down that staircase you're on the landing and you're in these big windows so he comes running down the staircase and he gets on the landing and he's yelling why is there smoke coming coming out from the brownstone across the street why is there smoke coming around coming from the brownstone across the street so we're all like what the fuck we pop the doors and sure enough there's smoke fucking billowing over the rear of the brownstone over the roof and so we start getting dressed. They ring the bells before even the tones go off. The tones go off, and I think it was, I think it was an ERS box. Like somebody pulled the box on the corner to say that there was a fire on 133rd Street. I don't even think anybody made a phone call for that. The, the tones go off. We're in the middle of getting dressed, or a couple of us are in the middle of getting dressed. Pop the doors, the rest of the doors. All the guys in the kitchen come running out. And most of them run across the street to the fucking brownstone and start kicking the front doors in. Some of them got tools and they're working their way in. I get fucking dressed. One of my other buddies gets dressed. They pull the rig out, the engine, to the corner. Uh, not to the corner, to the hydrant. There's a hydrant. Uh, when you pull out of 59's quarters, you make a right and there's a hydrant probably 100 feet, 100 feet away or so. We always use that hydrant for like drills and shit like that. So we know where it is. It's right there. Engine chauffeur pulls the high, pulls the engine out, pulls up to the hydrant, starts hooking up. Smoke billowing out of the fucking top. The guys get the doors open, and I guess they ran upstairs. Some without fucking bunker gear. These these fucking animals, crazy motherfuckers, heroes, running in there with no fucking gear on. I'm all dressed up. My backup man's all dressed up. So they hook up to the hydrant, grab my folds. He grabs his folds, and we start walking toward the building. But <laughs> one of the other guys is in the building. So there's a senior truck guy there who's not even riding yet, and he comes walking over to the engine. And I'm like, bro, you can you do me a favor and can control this stretch until our other guy gets here? Everything was happening so fast. He, he was probably getting dressed. I don't know. 
So he's like, yeah, bro, you got it. So we start stretching. The guys got the doors open. We stretch it to top floor fire in the rear. We get up to the landing and there's like 10 fucking guys on the landing of, of the top floor. The door is open and there's fire from the top of the door to the fucking bottom of the door blowing out like a fucking freight train across the landing. And all the, all I see is, all I see is all these guys cr crawled up against the wall, like fucking flat up against the wall trying to, trying to fucking stay out of the fire. Some have fucking, you know, not full gear on. Guys got tools. Guys got to start making their way down. My backup man at this time, he fucking, he either kicked the door, the apartment door open on the floor below, or he banged on the, the door. And he said, the guy that opened the door was totally naked. He must have been in the shower or sleeping or something. And he's like, I need to get in your fucking apartment to stretch out this hose. And he said, and the guy was like, okay. And the guy slammed the door on him. And he, it locked, and he was like, what the fuck? I think the, either the guy reopened the door or, or he kicked the door in. He got the door open somehow because he, he flaked out the hose in that guy's apartment on the floor below because the landings were really small. But the dude, the dude was totally naked, and he was panicking. <laughs> oh, it was pretty funny. So I'm, on, I'm all fucking geared up. I'm all messed up. He's messed up, and there's 10 guys on the stairway and the landing now. And I can't get up the stairs. I got the nozzle. They fucking charge the fucking line. I get up. I'm like, you guys got to move. Everybody's got to fucking move. Nobody's going anywhere until I get up there. And mind you, I don't have a lot of time on the job yet. I haven't caught a ton of work yet. But while I was there, I was catching work. And I was, I was gaining knowledge. And I was getting more confident. And just becoming a better fireman. You don't become a, a good fireman overnight. I don't get, care who you are. It takes... Years and years and years. I felt like I was learning, right? Still had a million, a lot to learn. I could have done 40 years on the job and I wouldn't have learned everything. But I got the nozzle. I know how to put fucking water on fire. That's fire, water, fire goes out. That's fucking, that's all there is to it. It's not brain surgery. So all these guys are on the landing, on the staircase, and they start moving. They, they know that they're not going anywhere until I go in there. I get up, finally they move, I get up, and there's still two truck guys up there. I think they had the, the irons. I guess they had the fucking, the irons in the can. I don't remember, I don't remember seeing any bosses. But the place is starting to fill with smoke, the fire's blowing out the fucking door. It's awesome. Bunch of guys, probably the bosses fucking make their way down. I get up there, and I'm like, I'm like you gotta get control of the door. So they, they, they get control of the door, close the door, not all the way, but they, they left enough room so the fire, it would hold the fire back. Get up there and fucking squared away. And and one dude, fucking senior guy, well, not at the time, he wasn't a senior guy at the time, but just a, a guy just who I thought he, he knew his shit. And I was, he was a guy that I would go to to ask questions. He was a good fireman, really good fireman. He's retired now. And he says to me, he goes, he goes, you know you're going in first, right? Again, because you know nobody knows me, nobody trusts me. I'm still making my bones. It's like he's got to fucking reassure me that and let me know that I'm going in first. And I was like, yeah, bro, I know. So he's like, you're ready? And I'm like, I'm ready to go. So he lets go of the door. I open the nozzle and the fucking door swings open. It doesn't swing all the way open. It swings halfway open. Now in a brownstone, this brownstone was front to rear apartment. 
at least on the top floor it was. There was there. You go in half the hallway, and the, the apartment goes left and the apartment goes right. It was a whole apartment. So he opens the door. I open the nozzle, open the door more with the nozzle, start putting whatever fire out that I could, start making my way in, and the door only opens halfway. It doesn't open all the way, and it gets stuck halfway open. I don't know if it was stuck on a rug, if it was if that's only how far it opened up, or if it was stuck on like a fucking a table or some shit like that. It wouldn't go. So I'm trying to fight the fire with one hand, inch and three quarter line, manageable, and trying to get the door open with the other. I, I nothing I could do. I I couldn't get the fucking door open. And all these guys are behind me, fucking let's go, let's go, let's go. I'm trying to fucking go. There was nothing that I could do. So there was about a crack maybe a, a foot wide between the door, the door end, and the wall. The door, like I said, the door was open halfway. So I just, I, I pull some more line in, and I stick the nozzle in that fucking, that, that hole. It's not even like a hole. It's an it's a opening where the door was. And I just fucking try and put as much fire out as I could in that spot. And then I look to my left. The only thing I could do is get out of the way so the truck guys could get that door open because the fires in most of the fires in the rear and what I failed to tell you was there was a guy hanging out the fucking windows and I think he was on the fucking electrical lines so they're calling for a roof rope rescue while this whole thing is going on <laughs> a fucking fire across the street from the from the firehouse in a brownstone top floor could be in the cockloft guy hanging out the window they're fucking calling for a roof rope rescue it's fucking on bro I can't get the door open. All the fire's in the rear. Fire, fire, now the fire's st starting to light up in the front. The front, front of the apartment's going now. I still can't get to the rear. I put out as much fire as I could. I turned to the left. I put out that fire in the rear. and I turned back around. The as I turned, the boss grabbed me. And he was like, let's go. And he turned back around to the other way. And by that time, the, the truck guys had the door open with, with whatever was blocking that door. And I go down. And there's two more rooms, and I fucking put that fire out, put the put the rest of the fire out. Two rooms, fire. As that going as that was going on, the roof rope rescue that they were tying up for, they were like, oh, never mind. The dude, the dude fell. He fell out the out the window, or he was hanging on. He either fell out the window and hit the electric lines, or he was hanging on the electric lines or something like that, and fell. And he fucking lived. Three stories he fucking lived in the backyard. So there goes that roof rope rescue. They had to cut the roof open to see if it was in the cockloft. But it was a fucking... It, go, it was awesome to be on that landing and see that fire coming out. Top to bottom of that door. Fucking blowing out. And all the guys... It was like a, it was like a painting. All the guys were, were huddled up against the wall trying to stay out of that fire. And my backup man's fucking going through some shit with a naked dude. And the roof rope rescue's going on because there's a guy hanging out the window. The fire started, from what I believe, him smoking crack in bed. I don't know how true that is. That's what, we, that's what, what I heard. But it goes to show you, no matter what happens, everything could be going right. And shit still fucking happens. Shit still, like you could be doing everything right. And shit still can go bad. The door wouldn't open all the way. I, I, I tried my fucking hardest to get that open one hand on the nozzle with the nozzle open and one hand trying to fucking open that door so i did i did all i could i 
put it in there and tried to put out as much fire as I could to, to alleviate for the truck guys to get that door open, put out the front of the brownstone apartment, turn around and put out the rest of the fire. And it went out, once I fucking got back there, it went out, the rest of it went out pretty quick, but it was, a, it turned out to be a really good amount of fire. But the roof rope rescue where the guy fell, naked guy on the floor below, guys with no fucking gear on, fucking taking doors, I, chaos, mayhem, but that's what we do, man. In the kitchen, across the street from the fucking firehouse. It was, everybody got a piece of that. It might even have been out before any of the other companies got there. I don't know. I was up there. We were up there. So much fucking fun. I felt like, I felt so good. I felt like a real fireman doing that. It was just, it was so awesome. But that's my story. That's a brownstone fire across the street from the firehouse. Oh, it's good to, it's good to think about that one. And, you know, I'll have many fire stories. And I'm sure everybody out there who's a fireman's got plenty Plenty of stories like that. You remember so many of your fires. You remember your first one. You probably remember your last one. You remember a lot of fires in between. We've all got these stories. These are just mine. I'm just a regular engine man. These are just my stories. I loved, more than anything, putting water on fire. The nerves, the fear, the fucking chaos, the guys, the, the, the gear, the smoke, the heat, the fucking windows breaking, the saws going... It just, it, and if fires like that, where you don't have to think about them, your training takes over, your muscle memory takes over because you've been going it over, going it over in training fucking so many times, or you've been going to enough fires, or you've been going over scenarios in your head so much that your training takes over. You fold, you just fucking do it right, all the steps right. And the fire went out, and the guy lived, and nobody got hurt. It was great. I love it. That's it. All right? So, like I always say, it must be true if you heard it at the kitchen table. I'll see you at the big one.